Palestine. Finally, when she had exactly 675 in her hand, she handed it through the window and waited. It didn't take long, three seconds tops, before the driver popped out his door and glared at her over the roof of his cab. Hey, where is Tip? He pronounced it Tip. Pardon me, Alicia said sweetly. I can't hear you. My Tip lady, where is it? I'm sorry, she said, holding a hand to her ear. Your lips appear to be moving, but I can't hear a word you're saying. Something about my slip? My tip, goddammit, my tip, my tip, my fucking tip. Did I enjoy my trip? She said, then let her voice go icy. On a scale of one to ten, I enjoyed it zero, exactly the amount of your tip. He made a move to come around the cab, probably figuring he could intimidate this slight pale woman with the fine features and the glossy black hair, but Alicia held her ground. He gave her a venomous look and slipped back into his seat. As she turned away, she heard the cabbie shout an inarticulate curse, slam his door, and burn rubber as he tore off. We're even, she thought, her anger fading, but what an awful way to start a beautiful fall day. She put it behind her. She'd been looking forward to this meeting with Leo Weinstein, and she wasn't going to let some crazy cabbie upset her. At last she'd found an attorney who wasn't afraid to tackle a big law firm. All of the others she'd tried, those in her limited price range, had reacted with a little too much awe when they'd heard the name Hinchberger, Rainey, and Gurren. Not Weinstein. Hadn't phased him in the least— He'd read through the will, and within a day came up with half a dozen suggestions he seemed to believe would put the big boys on the defensive. Your father left you that house, he'd said. No way they can keep it from you. Just leave it to me. And so she'd done just that. Now she was going to see what he'd accomplished with the blizzard of paper he'd fired at Hinchberger, Rainey, and Gurren. She'd heard a honk behind her and stiffened. If it was that cab... She turned and relaxed as she saw Leo Weinstein waving through the open window of a silver Lexus. He was saying something she couldn't catch. She stepped closer. Good morning, she said. Sorry I'm late, he said. The LIE was jammed. Just let me pull into the garage down there and I'll be right with you. No problem. She was almost to the front door of the building where Cutter and Weinstein had their offices when she was staggered by a thunderous noise. The shockwave slammed against her back like a giant hand and almost knocked her off her feet. Turning, she saw a ball of flame racing skyward from the middle of the block and flaming pieces of metal crashing to the ground all about her. Cars were screeching to a halt as pedestrians dove for the pavement amid glittering shards of glass tumbling from windows up and down the block. Alicia jumped back as a blackened smoking chunk of a car trunk lid landed in front of her and rolled to her feet. An icy coil of horror tightened around her throat as she recognized the Lexus insignia. She craned her neck to look for Leo's car, but it was gone. Oh no, she cried. Oh my God, no. She hurried forward a few steps on wobbly knees to see if there was anything she could do, but the car... Nothing was left where it had been, just burning asphalt. Oh, God, Leo, she gasped. Oh, I'm so sorry. She couldn't breathe. What had happened to all the air? She had to get away from here. 
She forced her stricken body to turn and blunder back up the sidewalk, away from the smoke, the flames, the wreckage. She stopped when she reached Madison Avenue. She leaned against a traffic light post and gulped air. When she'd caught her breath, she looked back. Already the vultures were gathering, streaming toward the flames, wondering what had happened. And not too far away, sirens. She couldn't stay here. She couldn't help Weinstein, and she didn't want to be listed as a witness. The police might get it into their heads that she was hiding something, and they might start looking into her background, her family. She couldn't allow that. Couldn't stand it. Alicia didn't look for a taxi. The thought of being confined was unbearable. She needed space, light, air. She turned downtown. Poor Leo. She sobbed as she started walking, moving as fast as her low-heeled shoes.